Welcome to the Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras podcast. I'm Ben Collins. This podcast takes an entertaining and informative look at some of the inspiring and humorous stories of India's Vedic tradition, followed by recordings of Vedic and other mantras being chanted by traditional Brahmin priests. Show notes and other materials can be found at puja.net, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras. I'm Ben Collins, and in this show, we're going to conclude our series on Shiva for now with the story of the Mitranjaya Mantra and a Rishi by the name of Markandeya. What's fun about this story is that it, it's a great example of the way that these stories or myths can lead from one to another, and the greatest challenge is really figuring out where to begin and where to end. In Vedic mythology, death is ruled by a deity by the name of Yama, who is the son of Surya, the sun, and interestingly is also known as Dharma Raja. Raja means king, and Dharma uh, reflects his unswerving devotion to the maintenance of the proper order and flow of creation, which is also known as Dharma. He rules the southern direction and is a major figure in the Katha Upanishad, where he's revered as a teacher. He is also the father of Yudhisthira, the oldest of the five Pandava brothers, who are the focus of the Bhagavad Gita, part of India's great epic called the Mahabharata. As might be expected, because Yama destroys life by coming to take the soul, he reports to Shiva, the destroyer, and one of my favorite stories is where a sage by the name of Mrikandu and his wife, who were very devoted to Shiva, had no children. They were getting older and getting a little worried about this, and one day Shiva appeared before them and acknowledged their long devotion and spiritual attainments, and he asked them what they wanted. Well, of course, they said that they'd like a child, and Shiva agreed and said that they could have a son who would live for a hundred years, but would be of rather dubious character, or they could have a very fine son who would be devoted and spiritually oriented, but whose lifespan would be limited to only 16 years. Well, the couple chose the good son, and soon he was born, and they elected not to tell him about his destined brief life, but simply enjoyed their time together. He was a spiritually advanced soul who spent time every day doing Shiva Puja. And as it turned out, the morning of his 16th birthday, Markandeya was sitting in the family's puja room doing his regular morning puja for Shiva, and he began to feel his life energy leave his body. Of course, he figured out immediately what was happening and quickly grabbed a hold of the Shiva lingam and prayed to Shiva, saying, Triambakam yajamahe sugandhim pushdivartanam Urvaru Kamivar Bantanan Mrityor Mukshi Shiva, hearing the prayer of the young boy, appeared, and as he did, Yama, who of course is subordinate to Shiva, couldn't advance any further and was not able to take the boy's soul from his body. The boy told Shiva that he didn't want to die, but Shiva said that everyone and everything must die eventually. But being a compassionate deity, Shiva said that he would freeze Markandeya's age at that time, on that day, and that Markandeya would be just a few hours shy of 16 forever. So Markandeya must be around somewhere meditating, and he's a source of several great stories, 
But uh, first, let's just take another look at the Mrityunjaya Mantra. It begins with Triambakam Yajamahe. Triambakam means the three-eyed god, meaning Shiva, who has two eyes for the world and one for divinity, his spiritual eye. Yajamahe means to meditate on or adore or revere. So the first line, Triambakam Yajamahe, means to the three-eyed god whom we adore. Sugandhim Pushdivartanam. Sugandhim means to smell good. And Pushdivartanam means that which sustains and nourishes life. So the second line, Sugandhim Pushdivartanam, means the fragrant sustainer of life. Urvarukamivarbantanam means in the same way that a ripe cucumber is plucked from the vine. Mrityor Mukshiya Mamrataate. Mrityor is death, Mukshiya is to liberate, and you see that also the word related word, moksha, and mamritate is a reference to amrita, the nectar of immortality and spiritual liberation. So the last lines are, in the same way a cucumber is picked, liberate me from death so that I may enjoy the nectar of immortality. Triambakam yajamahe sugandhim pushdivartanam Urvaru kamivarbantanan mrityor mukshiya mamrita ate. To the three-eyed God whom we adore, the fragrant sustainer of life, as easily as you pick a ripe cucumber, grant me liberation from death and ignorance. It's a beautiful mantra and very powerful. It's useful not only in removing fear in general, uh, but also obviously for those who are dying. It tends to bring peace, and it's just a good general healing mantra. 108 repetitions a day absolutely works wonders. So back to Markandeya. He spends his time in South India doing his spiritual work and practices, and he just decided that he wanted something that seems actually pretty amazing. He wanted to have Bhumi Devi, the goddess of the earth, who is Vishnu's second wife along with Lakshmi, to appear as his daughter. Now that would make Vishnu his son-in-law. That's a pretty interesting idea. And as the story goes, Markandeya did his spiritual meditations for a thousand years, and eventually Bhumi Devi appears as a baby girl, which Markandeya found one day lying in a field. And Bhumi Devi, being divine, always tends to appear rather than be born uh, from a mother, and obviously as the goddess of the earth, it would make sense that she would be found in a fertile field. And, of course, in all these stories, the gods love to play hide-and-seek, and they often hide their true identity from others, as Bhumi Devi did in this case. And so Markandeya took her home and raised her as his own daughter, not realizing that this young girl was the earth goddess herself. One day, as he was sitting in meditation, when his daughter, who was now a teenager, came in and said, Hey, Daddy, I know what you're doing. You're meditating on my husband, Lord Vishnu. And Markandeya looked at her and laughed and said, Vishnu is the lord of the universe. What would he want with a girl like you? And she, of course, replies, That's okay. You'll see. Well, sometime later, as she gets close to marriageable age, which was rather young back then, an old man came to see Markandeya and surprisingly asked for his daughter's hand in marriage. Well, Markandeya was very polite and explained, Sir, you know, you are very old and she is very young and, in fact... She is so young that she's not even able to salt your food properly. 
You'd be unhappy with her? Forgive me, but this will not work out properly. But the old man would not be dissuaded and said, Hey, if your daughter must cook without salt, then I will eat my food without salt. Fine with me. Markandeya was stumped and said a silent prayer to Lord Vishnu asking for some guidance. And it was then that he realized that this seemingly old man before him was in fact Vishnu. So Markandeya's daughter was soon married, and of course they all lived happily ever after. There's a wonderful temple in Tamil Nadu in a town called Apilyapan, where this is all supposed to have taken place. And in the temple, the Vishnu Murti is very tall, and Vishnu appears rather old, uh, as opposed to being very a young man, as is usually the case. And off to his side are smaller carved statues of both Markandeya Rishi and his daughter Bhumidevi. The Vishnu is so tall that you buy 12-foot-long garlands of flowers and lemons, and the priests then have to climb up a stepladder to drape them on the Vishnu deity. In this temple, the food offerings are never salted in honor of this story, but you can buy little cones of rock salt to offer to Vishnu and his wife, Bhumidevi, so that their food may be properly salted. And after a puja, a handful of this salt is given back to you, which during my first visit to this temple I thought was sugar and immediately popped into my mouth and, of course, uh, produced a rather big surprise uh, and it would have been impolite to spit it out. So I had a stomach full of salt for several days. It is an absolutely lovely temple, worth visiting if you're ever in South India, and all the priests there look suspiciously young. So now we've gone from Yama to Markandeya to Shiva, back to Markandeya, and from there to Vishnu and Bhumidevi. And that's a great example of how wonderful these myths are and how they intertwine and lead from one story to another. And this week we're going to start off with a very nice rendition of Mrityanjaya Mantra from the CD called Chant, produced by Ravi Shankar and George Harrison. It's widely available. And we'll follow that with Ayush Suktam from the Rig Veda, the oldest and the longest of the Vedas. Ayush means long life, and it's chanted by Sri Sitarama Shastri, chief priest at our Yagya facility in Kanchipuram, South India. Yeah, 
ಸ್ಥಾನೆ ಸುಗಂಧಿ ಪುಷ್ಟಿವರ್ಧನ ಊರ್ವಾರುಗವಿವ ಬಂಧನ ಮೃತ್ಯೋರ್ಮುಕ್ಷೀಯ ಮಾಮೃದ ಪುನಃ 
కామేన మేఘామాగాత్ హృదయాదృదయం మృత్యోహయమీషామదప్రియం తదైతోపమాభి పరం మృత్యో అనుపరేహి పంథాస్తేస్వైతరో దేవయానాత్ చక్షుష్మతే సన్మతే దేవ్రవీమి మానప్రజాగుంబీదిషోమోతవీరాన్ ప్రపూర్వ్యం మనసాబంధమానథమాణో వృషభంచర్షణీనాంతృజానామేకరాన్మానుషీనాంతృత్యుభోన్వాయత్తాహేజులోకేషుమృత్యోన్వాయత్తాహేభ్యోగ్యదాహుతేర్నజుహ్య
ಪ್ರಜಾಪತೆಯಸ್ತಿಸ್ಪತುರ್ವೃತ್ರಹಾಂಪೃಥೋವಸಿ ಮುಂಚಾಮಿತ್ವಾಹಿಷಾಜೀವನಾಶಕಮಜ್ಜಾತಯಸ್ಮಾಧುತರಾಜಯಸ್ಮಾಗ್ರಾಹಿರ್